You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Monday edition of Locked On Indians. If you listen Friday, then you know that today is part two of my interview with Brian Sikowski over at Perfect Game. We just had a fun time talking, completely lost track of time. That stuff can happen. I hope you enjoyed part one. We talked economics. We talked prospects. We talked the Clevenger trade. We went and talked all sorts of things. Uh, This one's going to be a lot more draft-focused. It's going to be about the state of Ohio. Uh, Also going to talk some state of Michigan and just things I'm noticing, places I get to go, things I get to see. Brian does, and he is a road dog. He is, we don't even get a chance to talk Juco baseball with him, and that's like a specialty of his. But he watches more video than just about anyone. When he is not at a game, he knows the coaches. He's, I mean, he's known. Like, Brian is a known person in this community for a darn good reason. And that's because he's excellent at what he does. So enjoy the second half here. Here's some great prospect talk, uh, some players to know in Ohio, people to play, pay attention to. It's, uh, I think it's a lot of fun, and I had a blast talking with Brian. I will do a formal ending. I was listening to Friday's show, and I realized... Uh, it was kind of late when I put it up uh, on Thursday, and I just totally got tired and uh, forgot to put a formal ending. So it just kind of ended weirdly, so I apologize for that. Uh, on this week's show, we are going to you know, follow the news, see what happens. I'm still trying to get a guest booked. Our WKYC show is going to be Wednesday this week, so I'm trying to still get a guest book for Wednesday. We will see. Uh, as for the rest of the week, you know, we're going to talk some history. We're going to talk news as it comes up and occurs. And we're just going to keep our eyes uh, on the prize. I'm not going to address, I mean, okay, here's my address on the Terry Pluto thing on the Indians would love the Blue Jays. It's funny to me that the Indians would love the Mets and they'd love the Blue Jays. My concern is this shows me that uh, they're trying to increase the market because loving specific teams is um, more beneficial. Or it's, I mean, in some respects, it's more beneficial, I guess, actually, when I think about to those teams. Like, oh, well, the Indians would prefer to trade with them, so uh, they don't have to give up as much. And I don't know how much of that is true. Like, I, you know, I I feel like the Indians are the Indians are always going to sit out there and wait for the best value and shop every deal uh, until they get a package that makes sense for them. I think a lot of the they would love this team or they would love that team are people connecting the dots. And the, the other thing about the Indians is they information is hard to get out of them they do not give up anything easily anything you are getting is often coming from agents and or other teams that are not uh have some people that are more willing to talk the indians are hard to get information out of very hard like over the years a number of people have come to me asking about the indians because i get things right and they assume it's because i have an in when i'm like no (laughs) my my best ins with the indians don't even work in the organization anymore um, or, you know, I've retired from their positions or just, you know, it's like my best sources inside the organization. Um, most of them are gone. There's still a few left, but uh, I've lost a lot of them over the years. It's more just being able to put together and figure things out, having spent so much time on that organization. So, uh, that is my take on that. That is our quick update. Now you're going to get to hear 18 minutes of conversation between Brian and myself. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoy this. I've had Brian on this whole time and we've had a good chance to talk about Indians and baseball in general, but I I have to take advantage of the fact that he's here to talk some draft. Uh, Something I love to talk about in general. 
Uh, I am well, well behind this year. I was talking with him before the show that I have only really dug into video on one player, and that is a pitcher at Miami. But uh, I thought I would just kind of, you know, who are some names? If people who are listening to this in Ohio, uh, who are some people, if they get an opportunity with baseball being open air and maybe a vaccine happening and we get some spring ball where people can watch, uh, who are the names to check out in high school and college ranks in the state this year? Uh, well, I mean, Ohio State got Lawn's way back. Uh, I mean, anybody who followed the draft last year, um, you know, Seth Lawn's way from Ohio State, left-handed starter who was kind of, you know, like probably could have gotten fourth or third round money if he wanted it, but wanted more and decided to go back. Um, he's exciting in that the stuff is unreal, but, you know, he also like doesn't throw any strikes. So it's kind of a unique little um, – He's a big lefty man. He's, he's into the upper 90s. It's an absolute hammer curveball. It's a plus slider too. But then sometimes he walks eight in two innings. And like, how do you pay that? Um, so, so he's going to be interesting. I, Ohio State's kind of, a, you know, towards the forefront or at least in the, the sort of progressive analytic uh, way of doing things, a way of doing player development. And so I think that you know, another off season training like that, we may see a different Seth Lonsway this spring. And if that's the case, that guy might be a first rounder. Now, you know, we'll see, but if, if he's throwing more strikes, like, and the stuff is what it was last year, but, but with more strikes and with less walks, et cetera, et cetera, then that might be like a dude, dude. Um, you, you know, you touched on Sam Bachman at Miami. That's power stuff. Uh, he's performed consistently and, and Miami's kind of on the come up. Uh, as far as being in that upper echelon of the MAC, um, along with Kent State, uh, obviously right there, another Ohio school. And, and uh, I can't get through a discussion about MAC baseball without talking about my alma mater, Central Michigan, uh, which is near the, you know, up near the top of that uh, that MAC uh, level programs there. And, and um, there's there's a kid who should pitch behind uh, Lonsway at Ohio State named Garrett Brann. I think he's pretty good. I liked him in high school. That should be a guy who might be like a mid-day two type of talent right now. Um, but we'll see again. Like I said, I'm, I'm excited about what Ohio State does from uh, from a player development perspective, especially with their arms. Um, and then, you know, if you're from kind of further south in the city or in the state, uh, Evan Shaver at Cincinnati is a guy. Um, he's from the Cleveland area. Uh, it's a he's a guy who went to Cincinnati relatively unheralded like he had a really good prep career and all that but wasn't a draft name out of high school and now it's he's at touching 96 97 with a fastball and it's a really good change up when he throws with his left hand uh, so that's three pretty good components right there to to add to a follow list and I know he had a good fall um, Cincinnati looks like it's going to be able to, to throw it this uh, this spring at the very least we'll see how well they swing it um, but yeah, some, some interesting names, um, the, the Ohio kind of prep class, uh, we're kind of waiting to see, you know, like we, obviously we've, we've got a pretty good feel for it, but, uh, Gavin Bruni is a guy I like, he's a, he's a left-handed pitcher. Uh, I think he's from like the Eastern suburbs of Cleveland, if I'm recalling that correctly. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a guy to like, uh, it's kind of similar to Lonsway, believe it or not. Like I actually wrote that in my report a couple months ago it's a good size lefty um there's some concerns with the operation there's some concerns with the strikes but it's a firm 90 92 with a really big you know really good curveball 
that he can throw for strikes and he'll throw it anywhere between like 62 and 74. Uh, so that's kind of fun to watch when he does stuff like that. Um, Curtis Reed from Hamilton, which is you know, obviously Cincinnati area. That's a guy who's been on the, the national radar for since he was 14. Uh, pretty good players committed to Louisville. Uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good draft year in the state of Ohio, no doubt, but definitely more strength to the college side. Yeah, I you know I always tell people that uh, I feel like the state of Ohio. People ask me about Ohio State in general, like why don't they get the big guys in the state? I'm like, well, state of Ohio, it pretty much goes Louisville and Vandy, and then Kentucky, yep. and then <laughs> if there's anyone left after those three, maybe Ohio State. But you know, Seth Lonsway, that class, I feel like you know, not all members hit, but they had about six players in that class. And one of them, Xavier Moore, never made it to campus. But mm -hmm. uh, for all the ups and downs at Ohio State, that was a, a heck of a class with, uh, you know, Dingler obviously being the high pick last year. And, you know, maybe some of these other players, um, was, was outfielder Ruby, maybe. Is that who I'm thinking? Mm -hmm. You know, some it, we'll see. Uh, the nice thing with an Ohio State is you can stay until you're a senior and develop and get playing time. But it's been fun to see that program improve just in like the six or seven years I've started following more in depth that they had. I felt like I was trying to think when Ronnie Dawson was there and they had the six foot seven outfielder as well. And they had like four guys get drafted and then they've been just steady, but solidly steady. Yep. And it's been a, a fun development in the state, just the constant, there's always one to two guys at Ohio state. They've kind of almost replaced Kent state in that regard. Kent is still a fantastic program not as not as many guys popping draft wise that Ohio State and then before I continue that thought there I'll uh, leave you hanging to talk about our fantastic sponsor you can probably already guess it is Bill Bar it is my favorite sponsor of all time it is what I'll be having tomorrow for breakfast as I get ready to teach virtually what makes Bill Bar so great is that it's not the traditional protein bar those are often hard to eat uh, you'll sit there and it's like you're doing endurance training. Like, okay, I got three bites in. Let's wait and go back. That is not built Bar. This is easy to eat, uh, great tasting bar. Uh, the other day I was sitting down here um, and I ate like two and a half. Uh, just sitting here at my desk because it was late at night and need to get some work done and I was feeling tired. That's what Built Bar is. That's why Built Bar is great. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. I recommend the Mixed Box. Uh, that is always the best deal, I think, in terms of just so many different flavors. You'll always have that variety, which is fantastic. Use the promo code Locked On. Get 20% off your order. You're going to love it. I'm yet to hear a negative thing about Bilt Bar. Uh, let's put it that way. In a world of negativity, we all know it is a world of negativity right now. Everyone seems to love Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked On. As for what's going on in this week, we are going to do more history. We're going to talk some uh, some draft history, which you all know is a personal favorite of mine. So make sure to pay attention to that. You know, when it comes to the draft, I go deep. So it is going to be interesting. Uh, I also kind of did a Twitter poll. So if you get a chance, go over and look, tag people, tweet at me with a person you'd like me to interview for the show. Uh, let's see if we can get people that way to come on or, you know, respond. I have people I talk with, but it's kind of a small circle. So who would you like me to interview? Go tag me and that person at and say, uh, you know, I wish you'd interview this person on Lockdown Indians. And let's see if that way we can uh, generate some new interesting people to come on the show and also do the WKYC video portion of it. So uh, that is your homework for the day. I'm a teacher. I can assign homework and that is what yours is. I mean, can one make the case? I don't know what their talent's looking like this year. Uh, I live up in Milwaukee. So uh, the UWM Panthers, the Horizon League is now my home uh, baseball conference to see. 
but Wright State uh, has, at least in the past few years, kind of supplanted both of them to be the the developmental source for the draft in the state of Ohio. They do such a great job there at Wright State. They really, really do. Uh, it, it's like a they do maybe the best job as far as like getting the kid you've never heard of and turning him into a third rounder. Um, you know, like uh, schools do that, and I'm not trying to slight any other schools mm-hmm. who do stuff like that. But like Wright State is the guys that they have gotten drafted recently that, you know, say in the top five, six, seven rounds or whatever. Um, like I had nothing on those guys in high school, you know, and maybe that's a, I, I need to do a better job. But Seth like, Gray was one of those out of nowheres. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Like you know, who, you know, like, I, I saw him like as a freshman man. and then, I mean, they have a beautiful park there too. If you ever get the opportunity. Yes go and they always I don't know if it's every year but past few years when they had it the Horizon League tournament was there so I would go and just kind of get a spot behind home plate and watch and uh I guess I'll grade the year before he's draft eligible and the other four other guys everyone was talking about and he stood out a bit but again I was like I didn't know who he was until I showed up and maybe again that's on me but I you know I, I had not it that's that kind of always has stood out for that program yeah definitely they do they do a fantastic job there yeah it's uh and I will say just, you know, in the general area, I, the other fun thing I feel like, and maybe I, I'm curious to ask you with this, I feel like I could be wrong, but is it me or is Michigan prep baseball in general seeming to trend up a lot over the last five years? Like, I feel like I'm hearing more names, maybe not necessarily yes. as high, but I feel like there's been a definite upward trajectory with Michigan prep baseball. Yeah, you're definitely thinking correctly. And it will continue to do that because the next, you know, like the 22, 23, 24 classes in the state are all really, really loaded too, from the looks of it. Um, 23 in particular looks really unbelievably good uh, as far as prep talent in the state. And, you know, part of that has to do with the fact that um, the University of Michigan has turned itself into baseball factory uh, and guys who are from the state of Michigan who are solid players in high school, but not like studs go there and then you know they develop them into, into dudes and Tommy Henry is, is a great example of that and um, Carl Kaufman was a great example of that and Jeff Criswell is a good example of that and maybe the best example of that is, is Jordan Wogu who I saw play in high school and was like this guy's really going to go to Michigan um, you know it, it's 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 a testament to, to the things that they do well there but at the same time yeah you're, you're talking about a, a different kind of level of prep talent and I think that kind of statewide um, at the high school level, at the, the sort of like instructor level, we're just doing a much better job coaching. You know, we're, we're getting the, the Rapsodo and, and understanding the technology and doing driveline and taking care of arms and not just kind of rolling the balls out. Um, it, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of guys statewide. Uh, from, you know, up north to where I'm from and Metro Detroit to the west side of the state to anywhere is you can find like a, a player development center or, you know, in, in the olden days, it was just where you went to get hitting lessons. But now it's a little bit different than that. And, and these guys are all highly qualified coaches. These guys are really know what they're doing and, and they develop these kids and, and they get better playing for, for high schools in the state. Now it's no longer like, uh, Michigan high school baseball is just generic Northern baseball. That's not real good. It's now it's like, no, we got some teams up there who would go toe to toe with whoever you want across the country. Um, and, and so that, and then you get these kids into college and some of these kids are, 
are getting looks at programs like LSU, you know, for Luke Leto and, and guys are going to Clemson and, and guys are going to Michigan and guys are going to Vanderbilt and, and Duke and so on and so forth, all these baseball powerhouses. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's fun. I'm excited about it. I'm proud of it. Uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. You know, it's, it's fun to, to see sort of, uh, you know, like Michigan's never going to be Texas or Oklahoma or not Oklahoma, Texas or, uh, Florida or Arizona or California, as far as producing baseball players on a, a volume scale, but it's fun to kind of watch it turning itself into um, sort of like the, the Great Lakes Haven is the, the way that I'm kind of looking at it. And it's definitely exciting. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like, again, it, a one that popped. Like I didn't, it felt for a long time like Maryland was maybe the the center of baseball in the Big Ten in terms of. You know, there was always a guy or two and, you know, not to knock Maryland's success. They have put several guys in, but I mean, Michigan, the past few years, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, just for a program to, to explode to that degree and just, it's not hard or sorry, it, it is hard to just get that many players drafted and then come back the next year and get that many players drafted. Like, yep. Uh, yep. it's, it's fantastic. Uh, before I let you go, there is one more player I have to ask about. Not Indians tied, but uh, with anyone who listened to the podcast knew that I was a, a big fan of, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Mac and I always tend to try to push some Mac prospects. And last year there was a prospect in the Mac from Central Michigan that uh, turned into one of my favorites. And I still feel like would have gotten much higher if we had had a full season. Uh I got to talk a little bit about Xavier Warren last year, but with your connections with uh, Central Michigan, I thought uh, I would just ask you about him as as he became a player that I just I, I wanted to get more and more tape on every time I saw. Yeah, I actually I coached against Xavier Warren when he was in high school. Uh, my first year at, at St. Mary's, uh, coaching at St. Mary's in Michigan, we played his high school in you know like a midweek whatever, and they beat the crap out of us just beat just beat us into the ground um and warren you know was like four for four with three doubles in a tank you know and, and i remember texting uh, the recruiting coordinator at, at cmu at the time who obviously had recruited xavier and i was like what is this man and he's like dude he hits doesn't he and i was like yeah he does like where's he gonna play and he's like we don't know yet short or third or catcher or second who cares he hits i was like fair enough um, so yeah, and that's, that's the profile, man. The dude hits, he swings it from both sides of the plate. Um, and I like the, the vibe of, Hey, we're going to move him back beyond the plate. Cause that's kind of what he was in high school. Um, and then seeing you, you know, played him at short and, and played him in the infield sort of out of necessity. But he, I think, I think the best upside might be behind the plate. I know the, the brewers are, are at least, uh, toying with the idea of moving him back there full time. And, and, um, a dude who hits like that, like even if he can catch, you know, a couple times a week and maybe play third base a couple times a week and play second or whatever it is, like I think that's a that's a pretty valuable big leaguer um, when once he gets there and it'll be cool to uh, to see another portrait on the clubhouse wall at CMU of a of a Chippewa major leaguer. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I like I say it's it's a fun thing. I really used to enjoy going to like. Kent was my close one. So I spent a lot of time there and, you know, I, I spent some time. My wife was at Missouri at the Missouri stadium and things like that. And, and the thing that has stood out with 
the Mac was, I feel like that like something like Kent State, Ball State could be as contentious as any game I saw in the SEC between fans. No and doubt. While no it's, doubt. it's not necessarily the biggest prospects, there are guys like Warren who, if he played in another league, he'd probably be just due to exposure, you know, a bit higher. But there's, there's talent there and the fans are just great. Like they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're a buy-in group that makes that so fun. It's the, the core nucleus, like, I don't know how to say this without pissing off the SEC. Uh, but like, you know how there's the rabid diehard psychopath fans of like Arkansas and Texas Tech and, and whoever, you know, take your pick. The the diehard psychopath Mac fans are just as rabid, man. They are just as nuts about it. There's just less of them. Yeah. You know, that's that's all. Um, the, the season ticket holders and like the old timers up in Mount Pleasant who would come to every single game uh, at CMU and like they're there two hours before first pitch and they're like those guys, those guys are awesome. You know, those people are awesome, man. And they're just as nuts and, and passionate about their team as, as uh, the biggest fan of Alabama is or the biggest fan of Auburn is. It's just, you know, they Auburn fills the stadium with got, got people like that. And CMU's got, you know, 20 of them. But even still, man, like I love it. I love those folks hanging around them and, and just talking to them and listening to to their passion for Central Michigan baseball or Kent State baseball or the University of Ohio. You know, one of either one. Yeah, it's Ohio, a, Ohio University. So fun. My, my bad there. Whoa. Ooh, I'd yeah. like to apologize oh. to the folks in Athens. I can it's edit Ohio that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm ashamed. <laughs> uh, you know, and I always give the the Mac fans a little more credit because I've been to more than a few like April snow games where they're still oh, yeah. there, or you know the games where there's two guys throwing like 86 Max and they're still there for you know. You kind of give them the extra credit because, uh, I mean, what like I said, there are really great prospects, and we are seeing more prospects come out of these places, but they don't have the depth of the other leagues, and they just you can keep that rabid fandom when. I mean, I remember seeing Buffalo in their final season of baseball at Kent and there were fans at Kent for Buffalo because it was the final yep. season. And it's like, yep. I just, I respected that so much and things like that will stand out to me uh, for the rest of time. And it's, it's fun. Uh, I didn't even get to ask you about Juco. So I'll probably, hopefully we can have you back on when we actually get <laughs> into more of the time to, to talk about such things. As you can see, uh, Brian has just, a ridiculous wealth of knowledge and I've taken enough of his time. I know everyone out there who's listening to the show should, um, should go uh, probably want to be able to find him if they're not already following him and follow him. Brian, why don't you tell them uh, the Twitter handle so I don't mess it up. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Sikowski underscore PG uh, for perfect game, which is who I work for. Um and yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on, dude. I had a great time. I'd love to come back on with you and talk to you, Joe. Yeah, no, I, I would love to have you back on too. It's it's a lot of fun. And and I this isn't me just because he's a host. You can find me having said this multiple times on Twitter. Brian is like, to me, one of the top three people in this. One of the first people I go to for draft stuff. So if you've followed me through the years and you for some reason have not discovered Brian yet, then you should definitely go over there right now and follow him right away. Cause you're going to get more, you're going to get more depth and just a great follow in general. So uh, we will definitely have him back. Uh, I'm going to take that as a formal uh, agreeance to return to the Absolutely. show. And uh, I look forward to that. And I hope you all enjoyed that interview. I know I did. Again, Brian's a great knowledgeable guy. It was a lot of fun and really an honor to have him on. 
for the show. I did want to share something fun today. I got my weekly email from Locked On, and we get a newsletter every week. And I just want to be give everyone a big thank you out there. I will get to the iTunes reviews that I need to thank you those people for tomorrow. But right now, on the MLB side of things, uh, great jumps. Locked on Indians. We get the first note in terms of big jumps. So thank you out there, everyone who's downloading more, listening more, doing all of that stuff. Because in general, they have a thing here. The following shows that lead the league in average listens per month, 8.5. The average person, the highest show, uh, has their average listener do 8.5 episodes a month. Uh, The ninth spot is five episodes a month. Uh, the average listener, 75% of your audience, it tells us, listens to just one or two episodes every week. So for everyone out there, if you, again, if you're, I, I know there are people who download every day and thank you, but if you're not one, that's a simple way you can do and really help our show out, help the numbers out. But again, thank you. We got a shout out for a big jump last week. If you're curious who the top 10 podcasts are in baseball for the Lockdown Network, Dodgers, Mets, RMLB, White Sox, Angels, Giants, Reds, Phillies, Tigers, and Cubs. So we're trying to upseed the Cubs and get to that 10th spot. So that is the competition. We got two central division or central uh, teams also in there. So uh, let's let's win this dogfight. Let's start moving us up. Uh, again, thank you all. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked Indians podcast. Remember to tune in daily. Uh, you never know who we're going to get, who we're going to have on, or what I might talk about. And as always, when news breaks, I will be sure to give you my own take. This has been Jeff Ellis of the Lockdown Indians podcast. And as always, go Tribe.